Okay, so tonight we've had the debating session of the Advocacy Club. So I'm just going to provide some general feedback on what I've seen in the breakout room that I've been in tonight. So the first point in relation to the debating and particularly the format that's been used by the debaters that I've watched is they had um, a good sort of structure to the debate that they've um, presented. So it's been almost similar to most types of presentations that you would do. So beginning, middle and end. So effectively, tell us what you're going to tell us, tell us, and then summarize it at the end. So it's been setting out what the motion is and whether you're opposing or proposing the motion. And then very, very briefly setting out what your points are. Now, with a debate like this, where you've only got five minutes, you don't want to cover too much. So about two or three points is about right on this because of how little time you have to actually develop the arguments. If you go too far and have too many points, you really can't go into much detail. So you're only going to deal with them on a very, very much a surface level. So if I have only sort of two or three points, you can go into them in a lot of detail in the sort of main submissions. So as with most things, as with any form of presentation, mooting, anything at all where you're presenting, you need to speak at a, at a slow pace. Because if you talk too fast, whoever you're presenting to, your tribunal, your audience, in this case, um, whoever's judging your debate, probably can't follow the submissions properly. So you need to make sure that you're presenting at a nice slow pace so that they can, can follow correctly. Now, that's not to say that you need to speak in a monotone fashion. And I've talked about this previously when it came to public speaking. When there's certain points in a, in a debate that allow for it, you can use intonation. You can sort of use the voice to your advantage. So there was a, a certain point in the debate when we were talking about the key point. And I watched the debate who said, this is the heart of the issue. And it kind of wakes up. You're, um, it wakes up whoever, whomever the judges are, whomever the audience is, by saying, this is the heart of the issue here really emphasizing those words you think you sit up and you think right okay right i need to listen to this this is the main part and equally if there's something dramatic so somebody was talking about um how uh, something that happened in a zoo was inhumane and what they really could have done at that point you said an xyz happened and we cannot allow this because this is simply inhumane and have a nice pause having the pause lets that point sink in as well so it's a good way of really emphasizing the point letting it hang there, and it really sort of drives home the point that you just presented. Um, I saw a few people that had notes, and there's nothing wrong with having notes for a debate. Of course, you know, you're going to type something out beforehand when you're doing your research, etc. So you might have a, a base outline for what your arguments are going to be, but you really don't want to be reading from notes for a couple of reasons, you know, you're breaking eye contact with whomever it is that you're talking to, so you've not got that rapport there. But also, it makes you seem a little less confident in your points. You know, the key thing with a debate is, at its core, it's an argument. You're trying to convince whomever the judges are that your side, your argument is correct. And if you're having to look down and read like that, it doesn't make you seem that confident. So by really learning the, the, the arguments properly, having a go a few times, having a practice... The argument starts, starts to become instilled in your brain and it comes out quite naturally. It's not so wooden. And you'll find that each and every time you present the argument, it will come out slightly differently. So you want it to appear natural and so that you've got that level of confidence there. The other thing as well is that by practicing quite frequently and, and having the general arguments sort of stored in your brain, it means that you can be a bit sharper and that you can respond to 
uh, points of information um, much more quickly and you can respond with, to them more diligently as well. Now, coming on to, to points of information, these will occur at various points within a debate. And if you choose to accept one, you need to think about how you're going to answer it. So don't feel the need to jump straight in. Uh, and one clever tactic that I saw tonight was to say, I'm grateful for the question and almost sort of repeating part of the question, just so it gives you a few seconds to have a real think about, about what your answer is going to be, because you might find you jump in too quickly and you find you're going down the wrong hole and halfway through answering, you think, all oh, right, I could have dealt with it this way. So it just buys you a few seconds just so you can deal with that question uh, a little more confidently. One of the, um, one of the other tactics that I saw used tonight, and it was used in the rebuttals section, but it can also be used when it comes to your general submissions as well, is that you can spend some time sort of building up what your opponent's argument might be. So you might say, my learned opponent is going to try and convince you that X, Y, and Z. And you can spend you know, a few sentences trying to present what, what they might be presenting, what the benefits of their arguments are. And you might say, so you might think that this is beneficial because X, Y, and Z. However, so it's a good way of leading into your argument and you completely crush whatever it is that they're going to be saying at that stage. So you've built up their argument and then completely crushed it at the same time. And it's really good if you're going first and you're the proposer because it can put your opponent um, on the back foot at that stage as well. Um, I've talked quite a bit about confidence when it comes to debating and ultimately you, you, you need to present this with an air of authority. You need an air of conviction. And what you need to do is you need to show to the judges that you've got that level of confidence and that you appear that way. And part of the way that you can do this is with the phraseology that you're using. So I was watching um, a particular response. So this was, this was somebody's rebuttals to um, their opponent's submissions. And they said, I appreciate the arguments that have been made by my opponent. I wonder whether... Now, when you're saying that, it's almost like you're not sure about the, the um, submissions that you're about to make. You need to be confident. You need to be, um, my learned opponent has argued, however, it would be my submission that, however, it is the case that you need to, you need to be positive and assertive rather than, oh, I wonder what this might be. So by being assertive in the points that you're making, it shows that you actually believe um, in the points that you're looking to present. I think the, um, the, the final point that I'm going to make, and it's similar to any form of presentation or submission, is that you need to end well and, and end with something that's going to sit in the mind of your audience. So really, when it comes to your conclusion, you're summarising what your main points are, reaffirming what the points are. So you need to leave them with some sort of memorable line as to why it is that the, uh, the judges should go with your submissions. So I hope that you found those points in relation to the debate helpful.